Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now... With over 200 episodes made, originally airing on NBC Radio Network from 1944 to 1950, we bring to you Boston Blackie. Hardly strong enough. Say, Dr. Martin, is there any chance of another attack of amnesia creeping up on me when I'm not looking? I doubt it. You have no idea where you've been for the last three weeks? No, no, I haven't. All I know is I woke up this morning in a strange office with a lump on my head and a desire to get back home as quickly as I could. Mm. Yeah, I've got to go now, but I wish you'd realize there's no point worrying about the past three weeks. They're a blank, let them stay that way. Please remember what I said. Relax. I'll try, Dr. Martin. Goodbye. Hello. Hello. Is this Boston Blackie? Yes. Well, Blackie, this is Arthur Burnt. You've helped a lot of people, but never anyone as desperate as I am. What's the trouble, Blackie? You've seen the papers this morning with a story of the murder of George Digby. Yes, of course. Faraday's probably up to his ears and errors trying to find the murderer right now. Well, I, I'd like to come over and talk to you, Blackie. You see, I... I think I'm the one Faraday's looking for. Now here's Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friends. You know as much about it as I do, Mary. I told you all Arthur Burke told me on the phone. Oh, Blackie, why do you always get involved in things that lead to trouble? Oh, there are lots of reasons, Mary. But the best one of all is because I want to. <laughs> I guess you never change, will you? That should make you happy. It means I still feel the same way about you. You know, one of these days, I'm going to find out what way that is. <laughs> oh. That's probably Arthur Burke. Just a minute. Want to wait in the other room, Mary? Get your magazine. Oh, no, don't bother. I'd rather stay. Why read a professor when you can be on? I always say. Hold everything, honey. Well, then. Well, I'm Dr. Burke. Thank you. I told you a while ago. I'm expecting you. Come in, Burke. Thanks. This is Mary Wesley, Burke. Well, how do you do, Miss Wesley? How do you do? Sit over there and let's have this story of yours. Thanks. Well, thank you. You've heard of George Dickens. I guess everybody has. He headed a reform group that was really getting some action in this town. Yes. Well, he was murdered last night. So the papers say. Well, could he have been shot with a thirty-eight automatic? He not only could have been, he was. Could he have been shot with this thirty-eight automatic? Where'd you get that gun, Rick? I picked it up in George Digby's office, flying his way. What were you doing in Digby's office? I 
haven't the slightest idea. Um, I don't like to interrupt, but how can that be? Oh, I can't account for anything I've done for three weeks. I had amnesia. What brought you out of it? Well, I, I guess the bump on my head somebody left with me is a souvenir. All I know is when I woke up, I had it, and I was in Bigby's office. I see. But listen, Burke, why come to me? Why don't you go to the police? How can I? I just want to make sure I did kill Bigby. Preferably that I did it before I turned myself in. That's understandable. You want me to find out exactly what happened? Yes, yes, please. I'll get it, Frankie. Sure, if you like that. Hello? Hello, I'd like to speak to Boston Blackie. Oh, just a minute. Blackie, it's for you. Uh, excuse me, what will you like? I'll pay for it, Hello? Boston Blackie? Yes? How would you like to know who killed George Digby? Well, how would you like to tell me? In my own way. Here in my apartment at the Ocean Hotel. What's your name, honey child? Okay, only it's only fair to tell you that in mystery stories, when a witness asks somebody to come to her apartment so she can name the killer, she invariably turns up dead. Well, I'm not worried. Well, uh, how about just a hint, just in case this mystery runs through the form? You want a hint? All right. How about if I told you that I killed Davey? <laughs> Matthews, uh, like the in? Uh, you, Blackie, I ain't sure. Sergeant Matthews, kindly convey my compliments to Inspector Faraday and say I would like an audience. So he'll say you should go to a theater. Hold it, Blackie. Yeah, what is it, Matthews? Boston Blackie is here. He wants to see you. Oh, he does. But what are you waiting for? Show him in. Throw him out. Yes, Blackie, I gotta throw you out. I'll go myself. This is the door to the street, isn't it? Hey, no, that leads to the inspector's office. I have such an awful sense of direction. Hello, Inspector. What are you inspecting? Blackie, well, be a good boy and say goodbye. I've had enough trouble for one day. That's why I'm here, Faraday, to lighten the burden you bear so bravely. Uh, beat it, Blackie. Uh, unless you know something about the Digby murder. Mm, nothing very much. Only who killed him. I know who killed him. A guy named Tom Roach. Digby was just about to close that cabaret and gambling joint of Roach's. Well, then why not arrest this Tom Roach? And get laughed out of court? Juries don't want to know what I know. They only care about what I can prove. Well, I just dropped in to tell you that I'll deliver your proof tonight. Mm, that's all. Is there anything else you'd rather hear? Yeah, you saying goodbye. Now, take the door that leads right to the street. You'll give the police station a bad name if people see you walking through. Uh, that door there. Thanks. You must use the back door when you come see me, too. Oh, it started to rain, Inspector. You know something? You're the only man living who can stay indoors in this weather and still be all wet. Hey, taxi. I'm fine, I wish one for no cab. Why should we get a private car to the chauffeur with a footman and a bodyguard to see that nobody hurts you? That's fine, but uh, what's the gun in my back for? Oh, we gotta see that nobody hurts you. Unless it happens to be us. Selfish, aren't you? Where am I being invited to go and by whom? The boss wants to see you. Now, there's a line I haven't heard since the last B picture I saw. Who's the boss? Tom Roach. Fixing to run this town and you, Raggy. Well, Roach, I'm here, you're here, and Cutie Pie is here. Where do we go now? Nowhere. <laughs> He's funny, isn't he, Raggy? Very funny. Be on my side, Blondie, or I'll tear up your list of beauty parlors, and then people will see you as you really are. Make him shut up, Tom. <laughs> Blondie. 
I hear Faraday's trying to pin the dinky murder on me. He's pretty sure you did it. You know something like me. I'm just as sure I did. <laughs> that was pretty good, eh, baby? You do everything wonderfully, Tommy Boy. If Tommy Boy doesn't mind, but Tommy Boy, please tell me why I'm here. Sure, sure. I'm going to give you $10,000 to see that I don't get tagged with a bum rap. You don't want me, Rose. You want a lawyer. Lawyers are for after you're arrested. You find out who did kill Dinky Blackie, and I won't be arrested. You get ten grand if you take Dinky off. That may not be so tough. Let's have that phone a minute, will you? Here you are, Blackie. Well, I'm winning you over, huh? Charm, that's all it is. Just plain charm. Anybody know the number of the Ocean Hotel? Cloverdale 11561. There must be a beauty shop there, if you know it. Thanks, anyway. When do you go to work, Blackie? I'll tell you better when I get my party. Hello? Miss Janet Carey, please. Hello, this is Boston Blackie. About that matter we spoke of this morning, could I come see you now? How long will it take you to get dressed? An hour? That's fine. I'll be there. Uh, what's your room number? Okay, I'll come right up. Goodbye. <laughs> you have just seen a picture of a man hanging $10,000. See you tonight, Roach. Sure, right. See you too, Peggy. Only, just to be certain, I'll recognize you. What color would your hair be then? Blackie. Uh-huh. I've got a little secret for you. Mm-hmm. Listen, Chris. Uh-huh. I don't like you. Faraday speaking. Inspector, this is Blackie. What are you doing? I'm playing checks. I don't know, except that it's got to be something unimportant. I want you to meet me in half an hour, Faraday. Oh, you too. Should I wear a carnation so you'll know me? No, wear a pair of long-pointed ears so everybody will know you. I'm calling you from a telephone booth in the Ocean Hotel, Faraday. I've got an appointment in room 928 in half an hour to meet George Digby's murderer. I want you to be there, too. Oh, you do? Well, suppose I don't show up. Suit yourself, Inspector. But if you don't show up, you'll miss the showdown. I'm glad you met me up here on the ninth floor, Faraday. You spoke to me in the lobby with people around. I'd never be able to live it down. Well, here's room 928. That's Janet Carey's room number. You hear that, Blanky? There's a fight going on in the room. Open up in there. Open up. This is the police. Miss Carey, are you all right? The door's locked. It's long. Move away while I work on that lock. Hurry up, Blanky. Who is he, Miss Carey? What's holding him back, Blanky? Shut up. Lock open. There's a bolt on the inside of the door I'm trying to handle. The girl's being murdered while we're standing here. I can't help that, Faraday. Get out of the light, will you? Come on up in there. Not a good. That'll do. That girl's the corner by now, sure. Whoever killed her is probably scrambling down the fire escape. Get this bolt now, I think. There, that's it. Come on. Is that the Carey girl, Blanky? Must be. The window of the fire escape is open. She dead, Faraday? Choked to death. Blanky something tells me I know too little about this case. Yes, Inspector, you knew too little, and I was too late. Now, back to Boston Black. Arthur Burke suffered an attack of amnesia and woke up beside the dead body of George Digby. Believing he may have killed Digby, he comes to Boston Blackie for help 
and is there when a call comes in from Janet Carey, offering to name Digby's murderer. Before going to see her, Blackie is forced to visit Tom Roach, gambling house operator who wanted Digby out of the way, and whom Faraday suspects, but who denies his guilt and offers Blackie $10,000 to find the guilty party. Blackie and Faraday go to Janet Carey's hotel room and arrive in time to hear a terrific struggle going on inside. When they finally succeed in entering, they find her still warm body, victim of a murderous strangler. Blackie and Faraday are still in the hotel room as we return to our store. Get off that telephone, Blackie. I want to report this murder. In a second, Faraday. I've got to check my theory first. Let me have that phone. Not yet. I made one call to Arthur Burke, but he wasn't home. Who's Arthur Burke? That was the name poor Janet was trying to say when she was strangled. Well, where can I find the guy? She said he was Digby's murderer, didn't she? Yes, she said that. Hold his name. Hey, give me Dalton 69767, please. And who is that? Your friend, Tom Roach. He lives on the other side of town. Janet Carey was killed only a few minutes ago. I want to see if he's home. What for? This Carey girl said Arthur Burke was strangling her. What are you calling Roach for? Just checking. Roach's home, at least I'll be sure it was he who killed the girl a few minutes ago. Hey, Tom? No, no, it's uh, it's nothing, Tom. Never mind this call. I'll talk to you later. You mind? Well, that's it. It wasn't Roach. He couldn't kill Janet Carey and made it back to his apartment as fast. Now, I've got to try and locate Burke. I left him with Mary at my apartment. Yeah, sure, you left him there, but he won't be there now. Skyline 94467. Are you sure? I have to complicated than I got to work on it. Me tells that to As if that wasn't what I always say. So we're in agreement on something which, of course, automatically makes me wrong. Oh. Uh, Mary, this is Blackie. Is Arthur Burke still in my apartment? No, he isn't, Blackie. That's shortly after you did. You, you didn't want me home again, did you? Well, yes, I, I did, but it's too late now, Mary. Uh, look, stay there, will you? I'll be back. I'll be here. Goodbye, Douglas. Bye. Not there, huh? Okay, I'm going to pick him up right now, unless he's beat it out of town. Now, where did he live? Faraday, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, stop the clowning, Blackie. Where do I grab Burke? There's something... Tony, about this whole thing, Inspector. I don't know what it is. I want to talk this thing out with Mary. After that, I deliver Burke to you personally. Why talk it over with Mary? What does she know about this? Nothing that I haven't told you, only there's something wrong somewhere, and Mary can spot anything phony if it's a mile away. She can, huh? Well, tell me something, then, Blackie. What's she doing with you? Blackie? No, thanks, Mary. What I really want is more information. You don't mind if I had a second cup, do you? Somebody has to indicate the coffee I make good, even if it's only me. Mary, I don't think Bert is guilty. Well, from what you told me, he's got to be the one who killed Dixie. Maybe. But where does the murdered girl come in? Where does she fit? Well, what's her name, Blackie? Janet Carey. Janet Carey. Janet Carey. Oh, she's the girl who called you on the telephone this morning. The girl with a southern accent. That's know. right. Mm-hmm. Of course, it doesn't help this case, I mean, but it's right. I can tell you something that might help. Something you'd know yourself if you read the gossip column. Janet Carey used to be Tom Roach's sweetheart. Oh. Hey, Mary, are you sure? Sure, I'm sure. Wait a minute, then. When she said she'd killed Digby, it was to throw off anybody who might have been listening. Go ahead, Blackie. Keep going. She was Roach's girl. She knew he murdered Digby. She was sore at him for throwing her over. So she decided to tell me what she knew. Mm-hmm. Roach figured that out when I called her from his apartment. 
Went over to her place and killed her. Yeah, yes, but while she was being murdered and you were outside the door, she kept screaming it was Arthur Burke. Hey, how did the scream sound with a southern accent, anyway? Mary, you're a genius. You're wonderful. I love you dearly, madly, unreasonably. Well... Only I haven't time for that now. Oh. I've got to make a call, and you're going to locate Burke and bring him to Tom Roach's apartment. Well, darling, I'll try to get Burke there, but don't forget that Roach was in his apartment two or three minutes after you found Janet's body. Now, he couldn't have killed her and gotten home so quick. I didn't say he did, did I? <laughs> Dr. Martin, as a general rule, does amnesia come and go uh, often, I mean? No, Blackie, I wouldn't say that. What gets a person out of it in most cases? Many things can do it. The sight of something familiar will bring back one definite focal point, and normalcy can be developed from that. In extreme cases, getting a bump on the head might do it. As in Arthur Burke's case, for instance. Yes, I would say that. Is there a chance his amnesia was fake, Doctor? Well, to tell you the truth, yes. After all, I didn't have the opportunity of examining him when he was in that condition. Thank you. And now, one more question, Doctor, if you don't mind. What was Arthur's profession? He was an attorney. Judge Dickey had a law. Hmm, I think I'm getting somewhere. Are you blacking? Where? At the bottom of everything about this case. Anything about murder cases, Dr. Martin? You've got to get to the bottom of them if you're going to come out on top. <laughs> You know the way, driver? Yes, sir. Where we get to it is downtown traffic. Ah, there goes another red light. I'm sorry this cab is occupied. Sure it is. By you and me, baby. Well, Charlie, my boy. Tom Roach's little henchman. How are henchers these days? Driver. Yeah? This guy's changed his mind about where he was going. He wants to be driven to 550 Lincoln Road. Yeah, that's funny. That's the address he gave me when he cut in. Well, all we can do is sit here and wait till Charlie brings Blackie here. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. That's right, Pop. Pop, Yeah. Do me a favor. You know I will. What? Make that Blackie sweat a little. Make him think you're going to knock him off. <laughs> Okay, and you can stay and watch the fun if you like. It'll make him squirm. I'd like to. <laughs> hey, what's the idea of turning out the big light? Well, oh, oh I get it. <laughs> Maybe you don't want any more of Blackie's cracks, huh? <laughs> big lights aren't very. Oh. What is it, Charlie? I got Blackie with me like you wanted, boss. Do I show him in? Of course. Go on, Blackie. Hey, show him in that shove. Huh? Hey, Blondie. That's all, Charlie. Okay. Sit down, Blackie. Okay, now I'm not sit there. Up. Sit in the easy chair in front of me. Get up, Peggy. It's a pleasure. Uh, what do I feel? That lady gives me a chair. Oh, Peggy, the words young and lady were used without too much regard for their literal meaning. Tom, is he insulting me again? <laughs> if you don't know, what's the difference? Can't you shut this eye up, Popsy? Oh, so it's a Popsy now, is it? Get tired of Tommy Boy, Blondie? I've got a name, Blackie. I know, only you might object to my music. <laughs> okay, Blackie, skip that dog. What about Faraday? Faraday? Oh, he should be here any minute. He'll be trailing my friend Mary Wesley, and she's going to pick up Arthur Burke and meet me right here with him. Arthur Burke? Who's he? Faraday's new number one suspect in Bigby's murder. Tom, I don't trust this guy. 
you talk too fast and too easy. Stop frowning, Peggy. That brings on wrinkles, you know. There isn't much room on your face for new ones. Tom, I'm getting tired of his insults. Getting tired, dear? You know, that's the first sign of age. How many years ago did you start to feel it? I'm going to do something about this guy right now. Okay, nobody moves. That means nobody. Get in here, both of you. Oh, I'm a dope like him. Welcome, Inspector Faraday. So you followed Mary and Arthur Burke, did you? Good old reliable Faraday. Never disappoints me. I'm so sorry, darling. I didn't know that. All right, Mary. Where'd you find Burke? Well, I was home. Is there any reason why I shouldn't have been? I don't know. Maybe we'll all see in a few minutes. I'm not wasting that much time. I've got Burke now, and I'm taking him with me. You've got Burke, Inspector, but no case. Stick around a minute, and I'll build one for you. I'm going to tell the story of two murders, so listen. Burke. First, to show everybody what happened the night Digby was killed. You had amnesia, you said. Uh-huh. Let's suppose you might have had it. Under its influence, you got a job in Digby's office. After all, he was a lawyer, so were you. So that's not unreasonable. Sure it isn't. He got the job so he could wait his chance and murder him. Is that why, Inspector? Yeah. Well, maybe. All I know is that you worked late at night, the night Digby was murdered, that you walked into his private office just before he was killed, you got hit on the head. Is that right, Burke? He hit himself on the head, you mean, so he could have an alibi. Is that what I mean, Inspector? Yeah. Anyhow, Burke, when you woke up the next morning, the amnesia attack was over, and you found yourself with a gun and a corpse, neither of which you wanted. Could I have killed Dickie? Yes, but you didn't. You didn't kill Janet Carey, either. Tom Roach killed them both. <laughs> That's very funny, Blackie. Very funny. Why did I kill them? Normal reasons. Digby was going to close up your gambling joint. Janet Carey used to be your girl, and she knew you murdered Digby and was ready to talk. What could be simpler than that? And he planted this guy Burke's amnesia? What's the matter with you, Blackie? That was pure accident, but Roach had sense enough to take advantage of it. He had Burke trail the following morning, found out about the amnesia, and then decided to capitalize on it. Wonderful, Blackie, wonderful. Only how could Roach here murder Janet Carey while we were outside her hotel door and be back in his apartment so you could talk to him on the telephone five minutes later? He couldn't. We didn't hear Janet Carey struggling when we were outside the door, Faraday. It was this blonde young lady, Peggy. And Charlie Roach's stooge doing some phony play acting while Janet lay dead on the floor. Roach had killed her an hour before. This isn't funny, Blackie. You can't prove that or anything else. Oh, but I can. Let me tell you something. Janet Carey had a southern accent, a broad one. Peggy forgot about that when she kept calling to me for help from behind the door. Peggy, darling, you forgot to add you old. That wasn't being very smart. You're not being very smart either, Blackie. You forgot your usual laugh, Tom. What's the matter? Here it is now. Ha ha. Don't let anybody make a move. Showing your hand finally, you Roach. And with a gun in it. Come on, Peggy. We're getting out the back door. Tom, Blackie, the lamp. Hey. Watch it. Shoot, Tom. Tom. Blackie. Shoot, you fool. You know Blackie's in that chair. Did you get him, Tom? Did you? No, he didn't, Blondie. I wasn't in the chair, and the flash of his gun told me where he was, so he was the sucker for my shot. Put the light on, Friday. Switch is over by the door. How do you find the door in a joint as dark as this? Take Blondie with you, Inspector. Anybody as light-headed as she is will blaze a trail even you could follow. <laughs>
That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.